Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Traumatized by an abusive relationship, Laura, played by Christina Ricci, runs away from her ex-husband with her seven-year-old son, Cody. As they begin to settle into their new life, they encounter a bigger, more terrifying horror that threatens their already fragile existence and pushes their physical and mental well-being to the very limit. The film is called Monstrous, and it was was written by Carol Crest, and it was directed by our guest today, Chris Stevertson. Chris is also known for his other work, All Cheerleaders Die, and I Know You Killed Me. So, Chris, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, uh, it, it's a it is a uh, it's a good story and it's well told. And tell me a little bit about working with Carol on this and and what inspired you to want to move forward with this as a project. I agree. Like that's really like what it comes down to. Is like it is. She, you know, she told a good a good story that's very emotionally grounded. Two great characters, really. You know, Laura, our lead, uh, you know, who's in every scene of the movie, yeah. uh, really kind of anchors the movie. And then her little boy, Cody. So it's like, the, yeah, it had a strong emotional core that I feel like is very relatable. A mother and child, some cool surprises, some cool 50s atmosphere. I like Carol's uh, dialogue a lot. She's got some like snappy, fun dialogue um, that uh, really kind of rolls off the, you know, the actor's tongues. The combination of just like this, like really strong uh, story and Christina as our lead, you know, Christina Ricci was attached already when the script came to me. And so it was just like, wow, this is like, this is like a full package because Christina is a great, great actress and like a real movie star. She's so talented. The, the camera loves her and, you know, seeing her can fit naturally into any kind of uh, era that, you know, she has this very cool look to her aside from just her, her, you know, talent and her acting abilities. So it was just like, really like, you know, kind of like a dream package that I came across that, you know, one, once I came across it, I just really pursued it, you know, cause I had to like get myself in there and it and really kind of lined up with my sensibilities thought I saw like what I could bring to it. And so I just had to, you know, convince the producers that, that I was the right person for the job. I also want to throw in that it's a, it got a cool music soundtrack or a, the music really yeah. helps propel the story and put you in this place of the 1950s. And I don't want to say it's a horror movie because that doesn't feel quite right. I know filmmakers don't like to put labels on their films, but how would you characterize it for people who are just kind of wondering what kind yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's interesting because I really see it as a mashup of different genres. But I, yeah. I think, you know, like, I think like a psychological horror movie, and, but it's also like a psychological thriller. And it's also a weird kind of creature feature, you know, it's like those, those three things. And then above all, like a character study, Um, because like I said, you know, it is one of those movies to where our lead character is, is in literally pretty much every scene. Yeah. It's all about her. So I feel like it's one of those where you can describe it in different ways. You're never going to please everybody or even everybody in a, of a particular genre audience, you know, it'd be a foolish thing to try to do. But hopefully there'll be some some people, some fans from those different disparate genres 
that that could come together and like this one. You know, other fans from within those genres will be turned off by the fact that it, it is outside of those specific genres in other ways, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but I, I think people are pretty broad-minded, especially, I mean, I, I think the psychological thriller fits with a, with a character study. I think those two elements are the strongest in the film, and there's there's enough for, for everybody. <laughs> and it is a, a film that uh, there's a bit of some misdirection in it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair way to put it. And hang on. I think I think if I'm saying to someone, if you're interested in seeing this, be prepared to go along for the ride because it will take you along with it and it's entertaining in the process. Is that fair? Definitely. And I think that's where like like the psychological thriller genre, I feel like that's you know one of like the hallmarks of the genre is that sort of misdirection. Psychological thriller usually implies, not always, but it usually implies that you have a character who's an unreliable narrator in some ways, and that you're at least in part going to get into that character's head, hence the psychological part of it. And so that's where uh, Mr. X, I think, are are like kind of a natural part of that genre, which definitely this movie like really embraces those kind of Mr. X. Yeah, and I like the idea that there is the emotional bond of a mother and son that propels the story along, and and that relationship that they have with one another. There is a point in the movie where you see a shift. I'm not going to say when mm-hmm. or how, but there is a shift that for me was telling me that this may not be everything that it appears to be. There was there's a couple of points in the film, and for me, I I love that. I love the kind of because I feel like the filmmaker wants me to know that. And so I, I don't, you know, I mean, there, there's a sort of a little a dialogue internally about where we're going right. with the film. And that, and then once you make that commitment as someone in the audience, you're kind of along for the ride. You're kind of in. And that's what I, yeah. that's how I felt when you were making this. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good to hear. Because I feel like when you're making a movie, like with some kind of like plot surprises or whatever, you, you can't, I think it's the wrong way to think about it is to hinge the movie on the whole importance of the movie being that those surprises are like totally shocking to the audience. You know, the, the audience, uh, you should, if you're playing kind of fairly with the audience, yeah. it's yeah. like if you're making like a whodunit or something, uh, your audience should have a chance at figuring it out. You know, you're not playing fairly if you construct something to where uh, the audience has no possible way of, you know, kind of like being one step ahead of you, maybe. Yes. So I think that's kind of the dance in making something like this. Because ultimately, because because like I said, like if a movie that has like surprises or whatever, if that's all it has going for it also is just the surprise and it does it lives or dies on whether or not that is a quote unquote surprise to the audience. It's it's not enough, you know? Yeah. Um, so like hopefully the movie can work uh, on a variety of different levels, depending on whether or not people kind of like figure out where it's going. So, but like, yeah. So I think that's kind of how I see it is like plain fair. We have to give clues as to what's going on. Uh, that is, and that's, that's, that, that's kind of fun to do, you know, that's a good way to put it. And also I, I do like, there's another element and I don't want to, I feel like I'm starting to give away too much, but I, I don't think so. And that is there is kind of the, the man on the phone, you know, there's sort of this sort of this presence drops into the film there's a dynamic there. We eventually find out who it is, but initially yeah, she doesn't want to hear this from this person. She does. She's trying to get away and there's a lot going on in that regard. So um, as you're putting together, as you're putting together a film like this, you mentioned that Christina Ricci was, 
was attached to the project. How does that affect your approach to a movie? Let's say you brought somebody in as opposed to someone like Christina Ricci, who we know of, as you, you described, we know her work. It's she's been she's done everything from comedy to drama and everything in between. How does that alter your approach to the material, uh, Carol uh, Crest? You know, I'm such a fan of her work and, and, you know, Christina's work. And I just know how talented she is. It instantly gives me a lot of uh, confidence in that we can pull off because so much is on her shoulders. It's like the movie kind of like like I said, the movie hopefully doesn't live or die on surprises, but the movie does live live or die on her shoulders. Yeah, because it's all about her. Like I said, she's in you know, almost every scene, if not every scene in some way, it really kind of just instills a sense of, of confidence and like, wow, okay, now we have to build a world around her that's worthy of her, you know, that she can thrive in, you know, yeah. and it's, you know, since we're a period piece on kind of, you know, a low budget, uh, that was a lot of planning and everything, but really, I was really proud of like the team that we assembled, that they're able to build this world around her um, to really to like to build a stage for her to to perform on really is kind of one way of looking at it. But it's really like, yeah, having someone like that, it's like, it's so huge, especially for him coming back to a psychological thriller. If you, you know, no one's going to care about a psychological thriller if you don't care about the person whose psychology that we're exploring. And she brings a sense of empathy with the audience, you know, a connection with the audience. So it's like, we have that connection there. Let's not squander that. Let's really dive deep and do our best to really let her shine and like hopefully give the audiences much of an emotional connection to the movie through her, you know, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. I want to let people know that Monstrous is opening, I believe it's this weekend, which is, as we yeah. speak, so May 13th. And I, I did see where it's playing at the NoHo, the Lemley NoHo, North Hollywood here in Los Angeles area. Yeah, and, and it's Friday the 13th. And it is Friday the cool. 13th. You are correct. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it is. And so that's cool. Uh, also, uh, I assume, and I'm I'm going to say this off mic, I assume it's opening in other theaters around the country. And, and Yeah, I think, 10, I think 10 cities. 10 cities. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, the, um, the well, day and date release. Well, it'll be VOD the same day. Okay, that, that's what I want to get to. And I'll say that more formally. And <laughs> the film is opening in... 10 cities, as well as Los Angeles at the NoHo, the Lemley NoHo. And also it'll be available on video on demand. And I assume that's most of the usual suspects of platforms that people will be able to see it on. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Terrific. Also, let, let's uh, just uh, mention at least and talk a little bit about Santino Bernard, who plays Cody, plays Cody in this, in the film. And um, I don't know if he's got a, a resume to speak of, but he does a nice job as, as the son, as Cody and working with kids. Uh, that's, I'm, I assume is a bit of a challenge for a film director. Uh, what, what, was yeah. that? what was that? You know, it can be really tricky, but with uh, Santino is very kind of natural actor and he comes at it in a very playful way. Okay. I like that. Um, you know, cause when you audition kids, some of them have been kind of trained to act like little adults, you know, and he's not like that. He's still very much a kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he has to do a lot of heavy kind of lifting in the movie. There's a lot of heavy emotional sequences for him. But uh, Christina was instrumental. And, in, you know, as a former child actress herself, she really related to him. She has a young son 
So they had this kind of instant bond and chemistry uh, and playfulness between them when they would do scenes, even if they're doing an emotional scene, then they'd be laughing in between takes or something. So she really helped me make it uh, fun for him. And just they would they were able to connect very intuitively um, because they, you know, they related to each other. So having uh, Christina there. Um, was really instrumental in, I feel like, getting kind of like a, a real natural performance out of it. Well, the film, again, is called Monstrous, and it is coming out on Friday the 13th, and that would be May 13th. It will be available in theaters as well as video on demand, and Screen Media is the um, distribution company, so you can go to screenmedia.com to look up more information about the film and where it'll be playing Anything else? I mean, just sort of in general, let our audience know to go out and see it. I did, I did mention the music. I really like the music. By the way, you, you've got Nick Waterhouse in there, which is one of my favorites. I, I loved. Oh, oh nice. I'm a big fan. Yeah. So when I heard oh, that's that, cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, because that's that's um, most people don't realize uh, casual music fans or just who aren't familiar with them that 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 is not a period song right right but uh, it sounds know, like it it does it, sound it sounds like easily, it. Yeah. yeah yeah i love yeah i love that song the the music was kind of worked out it was very serendipitous because i love music and i spent a lot of time placing the music and picking the music but there was a time you know where it didn't look like we were going to be able to afford it um, but it thankfully worked out. It was up until the last minute, you know, where I might've had to replace it with more of like kind of modern day, like canned, like phonies 50 kind of stuff. Oh, okay. But we were able, we were able to pull it off and it was, uh, it was huge to me because, uh, I, yeah, those, those sequences with the music, I think just add so much. They do. Um, and, and yeah, that, that, that's an amazing song, Kachi. I hope, I hope he sees the movie. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, I, I feel also, like he would appreciate the sequence. Yeah, I think he would. Well, congratulations. Congratulations thank on the you. film. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, again, the film is called Monstrous, and we've been talking with the director, and that would be Chris Sievertson. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for the for your work, and uh, we'll see you again soon, hopefully. Okay, great talk. Thank you, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Film School Radio.